0: We are going to just get right to it. I want to introduce to you Gary back. Gary, come on up here. Uh, he does a, a lot of missional work all over the world. His, his uh, places that he's been, he can, he can certainly tell you. This was just a few of the pictures last, uh, what was it, last February? I think last February, uh, he took me down to the border of Mexico, and uh, we, you know, he had me, uh, I, I prayed with a number of their pastors down there. I was able to preach to them, and uh, met a lot of the kids, the, the, the missionary school that they, he helps uh, help support and uh, pours into. That's uh, Valle Hermosa. And one of the things he told me last year when I went down there, he said, Ryan, about, what was it, 10 days after I left, there was a uh, policeman that was hung in the streets. Uh, was it beheaded or hung? It was both. Um, right, after, uh, right after we left, and, and that's the type of violence with the cartels. He can tell you more about that, but uh, uh, just a little bit about Gary. I've known him for the last couple of years. He's preached at our church. I uh, just value his relationship. He carries with him kind of a prophetic anointing. He won't say he's a prophet, but he moves in the prophetic. Do you understand what I mean by that? So uh, there's a certain anointing that's on him, and uh, he's going to release it today, so please give him a warm welcome. <laughs>
1: How many have ever been out of the country before? Now, how many have ever been on a mission trip? My Lord, we've got a bunch of folks that can come. I've got a hammer and a saw. Chad, I can put your name on it. You know what I mean? We can go build a house for the poor and do that. But yeah, a lot's going on in Mexico right now. Uh, it's statistically, it is proven now that more people died in Iraq, in Mexico last year, 2010, than Iraq and Afghanistan combined. We have mass graves down the road from us. They found 73 bodies in a, in a, on a ranch in one room just piled up. So it's it, a lot of it's picking up. Uh, the, the The war between the government and the cartels is escalating, and now that in our area is over hundred over hundred people a day dying, and it's huge what's going on. So I get calls all the time from my staff saying we're in the middle of a shootout, and they're laying down on the floor, <clears throat> and I've actually heard gunfire because so I hold their cell phone up, you know. And, and I haven't. We're actually where part of our ministry. Is I haven't been in. I guess since Ryan and I were there last time, it's been so dangerous that they asked me to stay out, to, even. Local government officials, the police chiefs say, listen, tell Brother Gary we love him, but he's got to stay out of the area because he comes in here, he, you know, he might not walk out. And how many knows God can protect you? Amen, Amen but you've got to use a good sense too. So out of that, we're seeing that, but we've ended up in our, our feeding center, we're enhancing that. Uh, uh, there is no economics right now in these areas, and we're feeding people, And which we're normally in our feeding centers we just feed kids, but we are ended up feeding families in our area, and we're handing out rice and beans, and so we're all the time doing that to, you know, do our best to help folks. But, uh, with that, what happens is, is that the reason I'm saying all this is, you know, folks, in your world, you've got to look to change something. You need God's directive in your life to embrace change for somebody else. That's the kingdom. That's the Spirit of God in you. And that's what releases the blessing of God in your life. It's what releases the significance of God in you. And with that, that's the thing that, you know, Are we embrace something. <clears throat> you know, when Lee and I, 2005... That was the thing that really got into us, was to embrace the change that was coming toward us. And, it, and, and for years and years and years and years and years, we had had a certain work of ministry in our lives and certain work of uh, certain things I had actually done in business and different things like that. But all of a sudden, so we're ready to go? Let's watch this. Hi, my name is Gary Bat. My wife, Lee, and I have been ministering to the people of Mexico since the early 90s. We have conducted mission trips, did cleanup and maintenance work in the public schools, brought food and clothing, basically providing handouts. As time went on, we saw other opportunities. These people, especially the children, are desperately poor and extremely angry. They don't need just a handout, which solves a temporary problem. They need hope, direction, and education. Because of the poverty, mothers have to work, leaving their children to fend for themselves after school. The kids are on the streets and at the mercy of the violent drug world. They often see pushers as heroes, modern-day Robin Hoods. They don't have a strong moral mentor to steer them in a positive direction. So in 2005, Lee and I decided to take a new and very different approach. We call it getting it right. Getting it right is a multi-level approach to saving Mexico's youth. It involves discipleship, educational tutoring, a safe place to go after school and a feeding program. Local Mexican government agencies have been very supportive. They realize that children have little chance and little hope of a bright future without a program like Getting It Right. Many times it starts with an act of love. We buy shoes, uniforms, school supplies, and books. Parents have come seeking help even with an antibiotic for their child. These clear expressions of bringing light into a dark situation changes things. We found that children love the program. Both their self-esteem and their learning skills soar with just a little help and encouragement from devoted mentors. The main ingredient for me is when I hear them laugh. They are saying, Gary and Lee, I feel safe. Like all children, they are hungry after school, so they are fit in our local feeding center. Local businesses and government programs help with some food. Together we are working to solve this issue. It is not uncommon now in Mexico for a child to go one or two days without food to eat. Malnutrition is becoming a part of everyday life. Success stories are growing. We receive regular updates from teachers and principals saying that the number one thing they see is that the character of the child changes. Young men and women are not only graduating from high school, but they are going to college. We just scholarshiped our first student. Monterey Tech University. Mexico is our closest neighbor to the south. All we hear about on the news is violence and corruption. Without programs like Getting It Right, that image will manifest and spill over into our own neighborhoods. A sense of safety, an understanding of right and wrong, decent food, And an education makes a gigantic difference in a child's life. Mexico is in turmoil right now. Their hope and our hope for stability in Mexico depends greatly on the character of their youth. You can do your part to make a difference. Thank you. As you can see that uh, it is... How many have heard in the news any stories or articles about Mexico, what's going on in there? I guess all of you, if you've watched the news at all, you'll hear something will be going on. Well, it, it's escalating down there. Uh, it is, it's not getting better. And the cartels are recruiting kids. Their main army now, what I call their standing army, not their core, but their standing army are 12 to 15-year-old kids. And so the government is arresting a lot of 13 and 14-year-old boys and, and they'll say, this young man killed six people in cold blood, this young man killed eight people, etc., and so they're going for the kids. And what we felt in our heart to do is, you know, put a different moral fiber in them. But how many knows you've got to do something? So this is where the Lord had put in our heart to do something with these kids. And I have a card on the back table outside you'll see there. And if you'd like information on what we're doing with the kids, uh, just come out there and sign up and we'll get it to you, how you can be a part. Also, we've got something we just started called Changing Times. And it's for business uh, men and women that are in the marketplace and how to carry Uh, your faith into the marketplace. I have a number of uh, business associates or really men and women that I know that many started from bankruptcy, whatever, and now are doing well. But they started with a divine idea. They started with a God idea for a business or, or, or some kind of thing in their life. Also, I have others that are carrying their faith into their public school. They've changed their environment of where they are. They went past the, the, the skepticism of separation versus church and state and, you know, the, the principle not wanting this. But depending on the anointing of God, depending on the heart of God to get into that thing and change it, changing their work environments. And so, therefore, there's a lot of men and women out there that have that testimony. And what I did is I started doing interviews with them. I visited their businesses. I visited their store, you know, their, they, uh, or their homes. And they talked to me about that. But what they're doing is they're changing their environment by the God in them. And they're doing it tactfully, they're doing it with wisdom, but they're seeing fruit of what God can do through them. And so we call that changing times. And uh, I have a friend of mine, Gary Shop, he owns a machine shop, uh, CNC, etc., in Tulsa. And uh, he took a business he did not know anything about. He, he was in the moving business, trucking, and he went into this business with the direction of the Holy Spirit. And when he, when he got in there, typically all the other business around him that, of that same uh, caliber and same uh, uh, business, of, of machine they were shutting down. But he went in there and, he, and he, the Holy Spirit gave him directives. And he said, well, can God do that? Oh, yes, He can. He can give you a witness in your heart. This is how you do it. This is where you go. And today he is busting at the seams. He told me the last time I was down there with him the other day and we were taking pictures and I was doing an interview. He said, Gary, I could triple my business right now. He said, that's how much demand we have. So there's a blessing on him, but he also learned how to do it. He learned how to be competitive. Are you with me? He learned how to make a profit. That's what we talked about. But it came from here, not just up here. So with that, he talked to me and he said, when I started sharing with him about this newsletter, how to get, man, it excited him. He's like, you know what? We need to teach people how to hear God, how to change their work environment, how to pray for people, how to get results in people's lives, how to share your faith, how to get people saved, how to get them born again. Amen? And so that's what you do. Amen? So if you'd like, also we have a CD series very quickly called Kingdom Significance. Uh, It talks about the great love of Jesus in our lives, uh, stop the tolling, etc. So you have interest, but it's how to be significant in the kingdom. Let's go ahead and open our Bibles to Galatians chapter 3. And I want to talk in the next few minutes about the blessing of God and really what that blessing means to the New Testament believer. What we have in us, there is a blessing on our lives. And that blessing is just not for you to accumulate, That blessing doesn't mean, well, I can have this or I can have that or I can live in this house or whatever. It's much more to that than just being a blessing. And that's a lot of significance that we see on the blessing right now when it's taught. We have a lot of people saying, well, you know, it's accumulation of things. It's accumulation of wealth. Folks, listen. The Bible says, seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Are you with me? So I believe that's important. We need the blessing of God. God doesn't want us poor. God wants us to succeed in the business arena. But how many understand that your life in God has to carry and have so much more significance to it than just that? Are you with me? And so I want to talk in the next few minutes about the blessing and what it is and how we can flow in it. But I want to lay a foundation here first for it. In Galatians chapter 3, we see in verse 13 and verse 14... Something very uh, strong here. Let's see what let we got here. Read, let's read this. Verse 13. Christ purchased... Now notice this. Christ purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse, the doom of the law, in His condemnation by Himself, becoming a curse for us. For it is written in the Scriptures, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree who is crucified, verse 14. To the end, now notice that, to the end that through their receiving Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus, the blessing, now listen, the blessing promised to Abraham might come upon the Gentile. That blessing, which we'll look at in just a second, might come upon through the Gentile, and here it is, so that we, everybody say me, we. we. Boy, that's weak. we. We. Man, you guys are not going to be that week today when the Packers beat the Bears, are you? Oh, man, there's going to be... If I had a dollar for every shout you had, man, we could finance we could finance the gospel around the world. I mean, you're going to be livid today. That's all you've been thinking about. You know, I mean, y'all been praying like, oh, God, please help, here help our quarter. I mean, God, just make the Chicago Bears just go blind. God, I mean, you know, y'all been praying those things. Don't look at me. So you're going to be much more involved. Let's get involved with this. Notice this. Say we. we. Yes, that's the way you do it. Notice this, that we through faith might all receive the realization. Now listen to this, the realization of this promise of the Holy Spirit. See, when God made a covenant, now let's go to Genesis chapter 12. Now I want you to see this. Genesis chapter 12. One of the things that I'm perceiving as we're turning there is that God is this year wanting to more than ever bring in, in, in place and put a significant part of the work of the Holy Spirit in us in this day and generation. There are so many voices out there. There are so many things that demand our attention. Economics, politics, politics. Uh, We're always in a crisis. News medias are dominating our lives, the information. I mean, it don't matter if it be Sean Hannity or Rush or whatever. They're always in a crisis. They're always projecting a crisis that's going on around us. And those voices make demand. They make demand on your soul. They make demand on your personality. They make demand on your persona. And I mean, the the issues you see in people's lives, my God, man. You know, my my friend Mark, I mean, the battle they've had in uh, their lives. Thank God we're winning, aren't we? And so, with that, I mean just there's issues all the time that we contend with, and those voices out there want to make you insignificant. God knows the devil knows he can't stop you, but he can make you insignificant. He can create issues, he can create issues around you to the point that uh you know things don't work I mean. Chad and I were talking about sales last night, about things in business and where technology taking us and everything. But if if the, the people that, that, that produce that information for you don't do it right, it's going to hinder what you do. So it's going to make him insignificant. So it's the same way. These voices, the times we're living, will stop God's progress in your life. I had a person that was kind of, a couple of days ago, I was with him at their home and just sharing some stuff here locally and... They, the, the, there, was, there was kind of a critical, just a little bit of a critical undertone in their statement to say, well, people just ought to do this and people ought to do that, etc. A problem I related to her, to them was, well, you know what? Nobody lives in your particular world. You can't, you can't space that out there. I said, I, I said, it would take me 24 hours to change your life. And I said, I, I could put a fear in you for the, like the old mob used to do. My grandfather used to be in the mafia. I said, I would put doubt of wherever you go. And I said, all I'd have to do is just print a picture of one of your kids with a Zoom lens, put, put a little top on and says, you don't know what might happen. And put it on your, your, under your window, under your windshield wiper when you go in the store and you come back and you look at it and you think, where is this from? And I said, a fear would grip your heart and grip your life. I said, I told her, so I said, look at that. And I said, so don't judge the people that are down there in Mexico. Don't judge police and different things that you don't know about. You can't pass judgment. You don't know what goes on on them. I said, I could mess up your world with one or two little visits like that. And you would begin to probe and say, oh, my God, what's going on? Is somebody after one of my kids? Do they want to kidnap my kids? Or You know what I mean? And I said, I would, put, I would change your lifestyle forever in that moment. So I said, don't, don't sit here and tell me what they should be doing and they should not be doing. You don't live down there. You don't know what they're going through. So my, my counsel to you is you need to humble yourself and you need to pray and you need to give. And, you, you know, you need to take a little bit of a different attitude toward life. You don't know what people are going through. I'm saying this to you today. You don't know what people are going on going through around you. We have the blessing of God on us. We have the ability to change things, not only in our life, but in the lives of others. And i just got to hit that direct this morning. But if you're all caught up in you, if that rhetoric that you have is all about you, then you become insignificant. So there's some things that we can do to live in the promise of the Spirit to get our heart greater than our head to live in this day. We have the victory. We have the ability to overcome. Now with that, in Genesis chapter 12... Verse 1 through 3, notice this. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go for yourself for your own advantage away from your country, from your relatives and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Now notice that. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you abundantly with abundance of favors and make your name famous and distinguished and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. And I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And all the families of the earth will be blessed by you and through you, you and will bless themselves. Now that was that blessing that we just read about in Galatians 3. That in the end, through Abram, Abraham's oblo- uh, hooking up with God and them that covenant, he was able to send Jesus into the earth. So through Christ, the blessing might come. But that blessing was not just a, a, a financial status. It was not just a, a balance sheet. It was a promise of a spirit, the spirit filled life. It was the promise of the Holy Spirit indwelling the heart or a man or a, of, of God or a woman of God. Are you with me? A person that you might be born again. That you might have the significance of the movement of the Spirit in our lives. That's that blessing. That's that promise. It's in you. You're to be a blessing to people. You you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. You have the ability to change things around you. You have the ability to deal with rhetoric in your life. You have the ability to truly say, and and, and with success and and, and with it, actually put the care of your life, as as Pastor Ryan read this morning, cast the care by humbling yourself. It is possible for you to do so by this Spirit-filled life. You can make a difference. And you have the ability, you have the power of God in you to stop the rhetoric You can change something in society. Why? Because you have the one that's greater in you that's living in you. He walks with you. Amen? But you must realize who He is. And He comes in that third person of the Trinity of who we call the Holy Spirit. We need that voice. We need that significance in our lives. Now, let's talk about who He is real quick. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2. And we're going to see that where He came and where He's introduced. Matthew chapter 2. No, notice verse uh, 13 through 17. Notice verse 13. Now, after they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream... Oh, excuse me, that's the wrong one. All right. Excuse me, it's, it's three, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 3. First yeah. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him, but John protested strenuously, having in mind to prevent him saying, "It is I who need to be baptized by you, and you should, or, or do you as you come to me." Now notice verse fifteen. But Jesus replied to him, "Permit just now, for this is the filling or the fitting way for both of us to fulfill all righteousness that is to be performed, complete what is right." Then he permitted him. Now notice this. And when Jesus was baptized, he went up at once out of the water, and behold, the heavens were opened up, and what? And John saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, my beloved, in whom I delight. Now notice the Spirit came upon him. That's the Holy Spirit. Now notice chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus... Everybody say, then Jesus." Jesus. Not before. Now, then Jesus was led... Notice that. He was led. I love this. Guided by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. That's where it began. See, before, he had, he had the working of the Holy Spirit as the Son of God. But all of a sudden, he, he's becoming like us. He's led of the Spirit of God. Everybody says, well, he was the Son of God. That's true. But the Bible says he laid down that heavenly authority and glory in Philippians chapter 2. And he, he became a man subject as we are. Because see, his death, his temptation, what he did on earth is not valid if he was not subject to temptation like we are, yet he did not sin. It's not valid. But it says from that day forth he was led of the Spirit of God. That's the difference. That's where you and I are today. He began a process at that moment that you and I still continue in today. That's that blessing. That's that promise of the Spirit-filled life. We have Christ in us. He lives deep in our hearts. And you and I have that blessing. From that He was led of the Spirit of God. You and I are to be led. Now, let's look at this. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Something that the Apostle Paul made. Romans chapter 8. See, that, that's what I really see as a significant thing of this year of 2011 in life Church. I see a great maturing of the believers and the people that are here. That's one of the aspects that God's wanting to do this year in you as a ministry. Many of you have been around the things of God. You, 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 you've been faithful to God. You love God. But God's wanting to do something in you. And part of that is to mature you in that spirit-filled walk. In other words, how to make your heart greater than your head in all situations. I mean, when the pressure's on, baby, and believe me, we have been there. When the pressure's on and you're going to lose that contract, or when the pressure's on and your child's not done or acting, or, or you, got, you got a report from a doctor that's not good, that your heart engages, that your heart, the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit in you is able to begin to work with you and engage with you versus what your head says. When your child is acting up, you can step back and say, God, she's yours or he's yours. I've had to do that. When, you, when you, that contract does not look like it will go through, you sit back and say, God, I've done all I know to do. It's yours. I learned to rest. See, for you to truly say, Lord, I humble myself as Pastor Ryan read a while ago. Humble yourself into the mighty hand of God. We acknowledge that. We have mentally assent to that. Say, oh yeah, praise God, Pastor Ron, you're right. But let me ask you, how many of you that it worketh in you? How many of you say it's working in me? And make it work. There's a lot of spiritual wannabes. There's a lot of there's a lot of wannabes down in Mexico now that this drug war has created that are just thugs. And they get a gun and they go try to mimic what they're seeing but they're not the real deal. Are you just a spiritual wannabe? Are you really trying to press and say, God, I want to hear your voice. I want to make a difference. I want to live above the rhetoric. I want to live above the chatter. I want, God, I want a marriage that works. But I have so much pain in me that I mouth, I I just blast, baby. Every time I get in a certain scenario and it starts coming, and man, I mean, and just, it just begins to, you know, how do you get there to where you just shut up? You just back up and you go, mm. And God is able to begin a healing process in you to where you literally say and mean it, not to get the pressure off, not, don't, don't be a gutless wonder. Most of our culture is so gutless, they can't take dude diddly. They squirm in their own stew and they say, oh, no no, 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 no. Our nation was not founded like that. Men and women of, 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 the, of, of the African-American, did, I mean, Martin Luther King that we just celebrated his holiday. Man, that man had a courage in him that began by the Spirit of God. And he stood up in the midst of the, in Selma, Alabama. He knew what was going to happen. But he said, all men are to live free. And he saw a day where it didn't matter your faith, it didn't matter your culture or your color or anything. He said that this nation might be what our forefathers said it to be. It's going to cost you something. Men and women of history had conviction. Let me tell you, if there's a free ride, let me know. You need to get up here. Our nation was founded at great cost. My family during World War II, like many of yours, they didn't come home for five years. They had malaria and they fought. I had a great uncle crawled in foxholes, and you know what I mean. He was a Marine and and, and he'd had all those battles. Out of his group, six came out alive, and he was one of them out of six hundred. Yeah, I mean, they, he lost the entire unit, entire group. It was amazing. Six. And I said, Uncle Bill, why did you do it? What was the curse? And he said, son, for the nation, that flag that flies, it means something, son. It, you ha- it has to mean something. It's going to cost you. This kingdom cost you something. It wasn't free. It cost God everything. It must be significant in your life. God lives in you. We have this spirit of promise. Romans chapter 8. Notice this. Verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. i got to say this. you got to get over yourself. you got to get over your woundedness. You go to life skills. Let them help you. You don't know what happened to me. Listen, you don't know what happened to me. You can't mouth. What, do you, what right do you have? Are you going to be a victim all your life? You can live in your own do and stew all your life and be like a revolving door. I was in a hotel one time and they had one of them doors that revolve and, and it was motorizing and, and an old lady got in there, as the funniest thing I've ever seen, she, I just wanted to see and she kept, but see she was scared to get out and kept going around and around and she tried to exit, you know, she was scared and one of the porters whoever it was had to go in there and guide her out. Sometimes you got to have help and you get, it's like a dog chasing its tail. When I was a kid we used to put clothespins on a cat's tail and that cat just go woo, woo 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 you know. Now don't sit here and come up to me after church and say you shouldn't do that to a cat, my lord. I used to pitch them in ponds, pitch them off roofs. I never could figure out what you'd hold a cat upside down, and it'd always land on its feet. But I'm telling you right now, I just saw that. People just getting their own do and they stew, and man, they just it's like a crock pot. My wife uses a crock pot a lot to cook all kinds of stuff. But it just stews real slow like all day or all night, whatever. Man, we have pinto beans and cornbread. My wife can make cornbread just in a, in a man. Woo, great. And then beans, you know what I mean? Just cornbread. That's, I mean, you know what I mean? And turnip greens. That's good southern food. I love that stuff. And man, that thing just stews all day. And Lee puts seasonings and stuff and she puts cilantro and salsa. She makes a homemade sauce. She learned how to make a Panama. We lived down there for several years. And man, that thing just stews. See, that's what you do. Your emotions just stew, But you've got to exit at any time you desire. For it says there are those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. See, so your heart's got to be greater than your head, and that's the way out. So you've got to see that He's the third person of the Trinity that He works in you. Number two, why is He here? John chapter 14. Notice this. John chapter 14. Verse twelve through eighteen. Notice this. I will assure you and I will tell you, if any now listen, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he himself, he will himself be able to do the things I do. And now listen to this, and he will even do greater things in these because I go to my father. Now that's important. Then I will do, I myself will grant whatever you ask in prayer or or in my name so that the Father may be glorified and extolled through the Son. Here we go. Here it goes. Yes, and I will grant myself to do whatever you ask for in my name as presenting all that I am. And if you really love me, you will keep my commandments. Now here we go. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor or comforter. Now, notice this. He's a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, a standby, that he may remain for you, with you forever. The Spirit of truth, in whom the world cannot receive, welcomes not or takes in their heart because they do not see or not recognize him. But you... Now, listen. You will recognize him, for he lives in you or lives with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, dismayed, or berated, or to the side, but I will come back to you. How is he going to come back to you? In the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I've dealt with orphans all of our life and missions. Just to be honest, and I'm talking and I can say this in this church. We're, we're, I've already been working with businessmen in a certain ministry. We're, getting, we're planting an orphanage right now in Mexico. And down in a city called Saltillo, Mexico. Things have already begun toward that. And, they are, and, you know, and we're going to do our part in those things. And I want to raise up a highly educated generation. See, my life changed because I'm 49, I'm fixing to be 50. And Lee and I said to ourselves, What can we do? What, how can we have true kingdom significance? And out of our conclusion, we said, Do something for the next generation. So Lee and I are going to get involved. In, we're going to raise up a, 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 two generations of kids in Mexico that are highly educated. We're going to teach them politics. We're going to teach them business. Well, Lee and I are part of a Christian, Christian political party. I'm involved in politics in Mexico. Things are, I mean, I don't have, I wish I had time to tell you about it, but I'm going to teach those kids how to be politicians. I'm going to teach them to get in and change their government. But notice this: He's here to be a comforter to you. I want to be a comfort to a child that ha- a parent that has no parents, or they're, 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 they're abused or whatever. I want to get that child and raise that child. me not directly, but through others. And I, I want to be a comfort to that child. I want to provide food clothing. I want to make a difference in that kid so when it's 8 or 9, it grows up or 2 or whatever. And when it's 25, it's educated and, it's going, and it is a lawyer, doctor, whatever it wants to be. And we, and we perpetuate it to make a change in its community. And then in that child, I'll be dead and gone if Jesus tarries. But that child will make a difference in its generation. That's the kingdom of God. But I want to be a comfort to that child. I'm a comfort, like Pastor Ryan said, if his daughter hollers out for help, he's that comforter. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. Lex is, you're, you're Lex's comforter, aren't you? You're seeing her out of this sickness and she's overcoming. He's fixing to get like, totally well. Listen. He's there for you. He tells me, Gary, shut up. When Lee, Lee and I have had our moments. You ever had God-like moments? there ever been God Gary and Carlo-like moments? Oh, I know that has, been. Because you have something of value. And you don't get it free, baby. If anybody fed you a line, a spiritual line, a bull, that says you get it free, then you need to read your Bible. The kingdom, let me tell you how truth comes about in your life. It's born between two contrasting realities. You versus what's right. And they come together. See, reality comes. Reality is born. It's you versus God. And it happens. And in that marriage, that's Rocky. And that thing you're trying to work out and you're trying to get past generational issues, Lee and I went through this. And when I would just stay quiet, and it would make her mad that I stayed quiet because she liked that contending, man, because I fed her juices. Cause I, I don't mind confrontation. I, I mean, I, 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 believe me, it's there. And folks, I'm telling you, I had the grace to shut up. And for me, I got a big mouth. That's my wife and ask my parents. My dad used to beat me when I was small. Put me up on the wall for my mouth. And I'd just keep going. I told him, you'll kill me first. And he almost did. And have that stewing in you, that just tenacity. You know what? You may bring a horse to water, but you ain't going to make me drink. I had that attitude. I'll beat you. I'll beat you. I'll outlast you. I'll just wear you down. I'll wear you hear me. I win. I just had that deep, you know, just that profusely. But I had a grandmother who loved me. And she had a way to touch my heart. And she taught me how to connect with the greater one in me. So when she was dead and gone, she left me something. And when I realized, hey, this ain't working. And I told my wife, pack your bags, go home. There's enough fish in the sea. Had the greatest grieving I ever had in my life. And when I realized, oh, God, help me. In my living room, I hit my knees. I said, God, I mean, everything in me, the greatest yearning, and I just, the deepest yearning, the deepest that I could go in, I said, God, please help me. Please help us make this thing. And how many knows God will meet you at that moment? And he said, Gary... He said, "There's two things. If you'll let Lee be Lee and always show her kindness, and a grace came over me. A grace. It wasn't my strength. Came over me that day." He said, "It's yours." See, I humbled myself. I believed in the greater one in me. And from that day, that day forward, I had a grace to shut up. I didn't feed on my anger. Are you with me? I just shut up. And a lot of this venom, I call it, because it was venom, stopped. And this rage and this storm in me. I'll win at all costs. See, you have your battle, you have your place. That God wants to take you. But it comes through this blessing, this spirit-filled life. That you realize you're not on your own, but the Spirit of God lives in you. And that you're able to cast your care upon the Lord. You're able to to say that I'm, truly say that I'm sorry, and that partner knows that you mean it. That child knows that you mean it. When you reach out to a person in a Walmart, or, or, or you reach out and you stop somebody that has a flat tire that something in you has the ability to change the environment around that person I stopped one time and a lady black lady in the middle of had kids five kids out in the middle of nowhere nobody would stop and they stopped they didn't stop because they couldn't do anything Stop stopped because they were prejudiced and she looked at me and she said I've been praying and God said to me when I'm sitting there talking to her I had little waters and stuff it's 110 degrees out in the Texas heat and they gave her in those waters and stuff and I heard the Lord say he said treat her like you would treat your own they had two flats no good I mean just ball tires no money the grandfather had drunk it up and she said I've been a prayer and God said to me treat her like treat her like you treat your own We got, I, got, we got her, I got her tires and gave her cash, you know, least enough to get home to back to California. See, I didn't have a prejudice. Wasn't raised that way. And she looked at me and said, thank you. Well, see, she didn't give the glory to me. She knew God had heard her prayer. I thank God we had the ability to do that for her. I got her tires and everything, you know, make it work. See, you can bring light into a dark situation so many times. But you can't be full of you. you got got to have enough victory in your life that, you know, you're kind of dealing with you in a a good, significant way. And see, today God wants to make a difference. He wants to start that process in you where you are. That's the blessing. That's the benefit of the Spirit-filled life. Because you've got one greater in you. It's not about religion. It's not just about coming to church, but it's about a relationship. See, my relationship with Lee is not significant on what you do. It's not significant on what we do. We have a good thing. And we're very cautious not to take take it for granted because we've done that. And not meaning to grow apart, we did. But you know what brought us back together? That one in us. I came up day and point, we looked at one another and said, Honey, I'm sorry. And she said to me, I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry, we're just busy. There's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't mean we don't like each other. But it was just something there. See, when all this stuff started in Mexico, you talk about making this guy angry. They were hanging policemen that I knew from our streetlights. I hollered out one day in frustration toward God, and I just hollered it. I said, God, I want to go kill those blankety blank blanks. And I, I had the verbiage that went with it. Why in the hell are they doing what they're doing? This is junk. This is not right. If you can split a Red Sea, if you can do what I read in the Bible, why can't you intervene in that nation and wipe them off the earth? I'll help you. This is not right. They're raping schoolgirls where I live, and I mean, in our our, our, village, our area, our church. They're going in, in the families, and they're just right before the parents raping the daughter for because the dad went to the police. This is wrong. And I heard the Lord say, "Don't don't forget," because I mean, He's not mad at me. That's where I'm called. But he said, son, remember the sins of the father visit the children. Listen, and He began to talk to me. But he said, out of all that, he said, let me show you how to make a difference. Embrace a generation. Raise up and get them. And he said, put something different in the leadership to where I can speak to a child and raise them up and they have my values but he said they're in the marketplace and he said I'm able through the conviction of the Holy Spirit to work with them when they are the governor of a a state when they are a a state senator in in their their local congress of that state like you'd be Wisconsin are you with me? he said go for the change he said it will change one day and see He changed my whole performer. I said, God, we'll change those kids one at a time. We'll do what you empower us to do. The rage ceased and wisdom came. And I got back on the plan of God to say, God said, you know what? You go deal with the kids. I'll take care of the cartel. You leave that to me. That's my sovereignty. That's me. But he said you go change kids You go go do what I tell you to do And the impact you do Will make the difference So see God can God can tell you right in the midst of your frustration your, your, Your pain, your hurt, whatever How to change things So if you're here today And you say Brother Gary I need to make a change Maybe you're here and you're not saved You're not born again Your life's not right with God it can be right today. Maybe you're here today and you said, "Brother Gary, man, I love God, but I just got issues, and I need to walk in this thing that you're talking about." And folks, I still struggle. I'm still working it out. Always will be. <laughs> Believe me. I got. I still got dysfunction, don't I, Gary? Oh yeah, we're a little bit. Yeah, he's my friend. We talk. Doctor Paul told me real quick, didn't he? I was recently in Colorado with him, Doctor Paul Hexman. He said, Gary, you got some things to learn, son. I said, yes, sir, I do. But you're making progress. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you need to make progress. So if you're here today and you say, I need need that change, Gary. I need that change. If that's you, I just want you to stand up right where you are right now. If it be in your marriage, if it be in your your business, something you need to happen significant. But more than anything, that you become that spirit-filled believer. You become that one that God can use. If that be you, just stand up. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you. And if you need salvation, you need to say, Brother Gary, I need, I need God to work in my life. I need, I need a rela- personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to be down front here. Others will be down front. Pastor Ryan will be here. I want you to come talk to one of us. I want you to come talk. But I want to pray for you right now, as I promised. Father, I pray for everyone that's standing right now. Father, we're, we're learning to grow in you. We're learning to have the blessing to flow in this spirit-filled life that, that belongs to us. I ask you, Father, for your blessing. If there would not be one here that doesn't know you. Oh, Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for that work, for the blessing. If you need healing right now, just stick your hand up right now. If you need healing in your body, just stick it up. Father, I pray for everyone right now. I ask your touch upon them right now. I ask your touch. There it is right there in the name of Jesus. Right there. Just take it. That blade, there it is right there. There's the anointing right there. There's the anointing right there. Just take it. Just take it right now. Just take it. Father, I thank you for each one here. Please, if you're here and you say, Brother Gary, I just need prayer, go, go talk to one of the, the elders in the church. Or go talk to Mary or, one, or Pastor Ryan or whoever. And, 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 and let them work with you. Hope's right here. Others are up here. Gary and Carl are right here. There's people here. Just come talk with and let them pray with you. Folks, this thing is a journey. It's not just one shot at it. It's a journey. It, it's a walk, man. It's the rest of your life. There ain't no quick formula. There ain't no quick fix. Probably it's a process. It's your whole life to God. And from the day till you leave this earth, you'll be in it. But you can enjoy the ride. It's the greatest abundant life there ever is. Don't forget to come. I'll be at the table. And if you want information on our kids, or if you want to entering our newsletter, changing times about if you're in business or whatever, we talk about leadership. We
0: go through all things, but it has a kingdom perspective. You can sign up at the table, Pastor Ryan.